Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. All right, let's do it live on a Tuesday edition of the program. Merely Bo in the Great Z. How you living, buddy? Doing great, man. Nice little Tuesday. Little Tuesday little for the Tuesday kids. Tuesday program. You got a nice little comeback from the GOAT last night. Not good enough for us. Thanks for nothing. But still fun to see him do that and also puts in perspective what our defense was able to do against him two weeks ago in similar clutch situations. He was situations. really bad for three and a half quarters. Yeah, but then he was, <laughs> then he was, then he was not. He was de- I mean, th- this is really the Saints. I mean, the Saints had three – they'd given up three points. Uh, Ingram's already apologized for going out of bounds. Like, all they have to do is run clock. It's over. They, over. It's just a stunning yep. failure on their end. I've got this great system that I got running right now on my Sunday and Monday nights in games that I don't in, that I don't have a vested interest. So games we don't play in, games yep. the Bengals don't play in, the teams that i got to pay attention to closely. So here's the process. I watch until halftime. As soon as I know we're headed to half, then I pop in to White Lotus or Yellowstone. Yep. So I did yep. White Lotus Sundays, Yellowstone last night. As soon as I know it's coming to half and there's no more action, then I pop into the show. The shows, those shows are like 50 some minutes. I jump it. The timing usually works that I miss all of halftime and much of the third quarter, but pop in for the fourth. Like so that. it's a nice flow. And then I watch the end of the game if the game's competitive. That's been the flow that I've gone with. I like that. Flow. Um, it's yeah, a it's nice. Flow. It's a nice, nice way to go about it to consume your NFL when we have to consume and we do consume so much of it. Uh, but I do like that break in there. Um, and so you you watch this game. And as as I went to watch and as it turned out last night, it was Yellowstone. As I went to watch, I was thinking to myself, well, we're not going to get a cover here which is sucks because you just knew it and knew just didn't it. have yep. the vibe for nope. it. Um, Tampa Bay's not very good. And nope. here's news. They're not. Um, and you probably question everything. If you're Brady, you're questioning everything that you did. And how did? How, why is it so bad so quick there? They can't really protect. And I think a lot of it starts there. They have a lot of injuries up front, obviously. Yep. Um, so he's got a little bit of happy feet, sailing some balls, made some brutal reads, um, so forth. And yet, when it came down to the end and – and New Orleans is inexplicably still playing Dalton and and for whatever reason. And so, like, you knew they weren't going to get the third down they needed. And so he gets the ball back, and you go, well, he's going to go win. He's going to win 17-16. I told my wife, I said, 17-16, Bucks, book it. That's where we're headed. And that's exactly what he did. Yeah, that was it. Rashad White with three seconds to go from six yards out on a pass from Brady. Yeah. And there it was. Incredible. Yeah, it was. Um, they're gonna. They're a playoff team. It's done now. The other teams in that division are. I think they'll all push to tank a Palooza, don't you? Although the Saints don't doesn't do them any good because the Eagles have their pick. Are you aware of that? It does not do that right because of the Alave. Yep. It so does. the Eagles had. I think the Eagles. I believe I have this right. The Eagles had three ones last year. They traded. They did a pick swap and gave up one of their ones to New Orleans, so that New Orleans could pick Alave. New Orleans gave up, and then a sixth goes to New Orleans. I think I have this right. Philly got a third last year. The Eagles fir- or the Saints first this year, and a two in 2024. And then what did they give them? Was that was Chauncey Gardner Johnson also a part of that, or was that a different separate trade? I think that's. Separate. I don't know if that is or not. But that they but got that him was, too. That was the way that that worked to where 
the Eagles had three number ones. Now, this year they have two number ones, their own and the Saints, number one. Yep. Which now could be a top ten pick. I think right now it's in the top ten. Um, and, and that's how they maneuvered that. Like Howie Roseman working some magic there with a bunch of number ones. Now, Olave's a dude, for sure. So if you're they New Orleans. They got A.J. Brown. Yeah. And Devontae Smith. Yeah, right. so it works fine. out well. No, no, I'm not saying they would have drafted him. I'm just saying sure. from the Saints' perspective, it's not like they missed on the pick. No, Saints didn't. Alave's a, a dude. Pick, it's just sure. they don't have a quarterback, so why are you giving up a lot to get a receiver, receiver. when you don't have a quarterback? Yeah. So that's that's kind of where I left. It, that's I one of the strangest stories. I can't imagine that they would be less dangerous with Jameis at quarterback. In fact, I think they would be more dangerous. And right now, offense has been their problem. You would think at the very least that there would be a – I mean, you think at very least it would be – you know, make defenses think a little bit more. There's not a whole lot for defenses to think about with that New Orleans team right now. No. And they're really good defensively. Just offensively, they're a mess. They're a mess. And that's what I'm saying. They'd be more dangerous, I believe, with Jameis Winston. Yeah. Why, why not give them a shot? Unless they just don't – I don't know. They must not like it. I don't understand it. We we are in a position now um, – I, I was thinking about this with Burrow. Let me run this by you. Okay. Is Burrow the best number one pick juxtaposed with the position he was drafted and the place he was drafted since Manning? Luck. Well, I, and speaking of, there's an incredible story today from Seth Weckersham on ESPN about Andrew Luck and why he made the decisions. It's long. I okay. mean, it's war and peace long, but it's an incredible – it's the first time Luck's ever out. talked – Okay. Since all of this. So he's been a mystery man. Go ahead. By the way, I was just looking this up while we were talking about Jameis. Jameis last year in seven games as the starter for the Saints was five and two. Yeah, I but remember I, I remember watching those games and going like they're doing it but despite him. Like he was brutal in a lot of those games. Fifty nine percent completion. There you go. Fourteen touchdowns, mm-hmm. three interceptions. Yeah. Fourteen touchdowns, three interceptions, quarterback rating of one oh three. I think that there was a couple if memory I remember this vividly because it was like it didn't match with the games. Uh, he had a couple of games early where he was statistically, I think, dominant, and then it fell off pretty quickly. There was like a game in week three, like they, if memory serves, but they like whipped the Packers in Jacksonville in the opener or something like that. Well, hold on, I'm last gonna, year I'm gonna pull them up. Pull up the game log. There's like a game in my head. There's a game in week three or four where he falls off a cliff. All right, week one they beat Green Bay 38 to three. He throws for five touchdowns. That's in the that one, one. That, that's the stat pattern. Okay, but not, but just, just not really. Week two, they lose to Carolina. He throws no touchdowns, two picks. Week three, they beat New England 13 to 21, 128, two touchdowns, no picks. Week four, they lose to the Giants. He goes 17 to 23 for 226, a touchdown, no pick, rating of 119. Week five, they beat Washington 15 of 30 for 279, four scores, one pick, 108 rating. 30, though, yeah, I remember yeah, but 108 rating. But 279, I, they four. got guys who were getting deep. They had the, the kid who got the deep balls. You're not giving this guy any credit. The guy had a quarterback I'm rating not that of I'm not hundred him plus. Credit. In, I'm just saying on. it's not what the stats make you believe it was in those games. He had a quarterback rating of more than 105 of the seven games. He was pretty consistently good. He only no. turned the ball over in two of seven games. He had two picks in week two, and the week uh, week five he had one pick. He had four touchdowns in that game. The next week they beat Seattle. He throws for 222, a touchdown, no picks. And then the next week they beat Tampa. That's a game that he gets hurt in. He goes 6 of 10 for 56 yards on the opening drive with 108 rating, a touchdown, and gets knocked out of the game, and that was it. So he actually played well. I remember watch. I watched several of those games early, and I, I don't remember. 
You may watch Carolina. He was dreadful. No, I wouldn't have. I don't think I would have watched that game because I. What would have been the purpose for that? I, I wouldn't know. have any ties to Carolina. Um, I just remember watching him and even texting you and go, "I think we have this wrong because he was missing stuff left and right." I'm sure he was, but he's better than that. Dalton. No, I mean, no, no, no. I'm not disputing. That. That's why I said it's one of the strangest things in the league that he doesn't. Why is he not playing unless they've seen enough? They've clearly play. seen enough. Like whatever, whatever we want to bring up, they they've seen enough. The Bucks saw enough. Whether it's something in personality or whatever, well, the, it ain't there. The, like they don't want it. The problem with the Bucks was that he was throwing interceptions, but he was not doing that as a quarterback. But there's clearly the something. Like if he was all of the things that we think that he could have been, I'm not saying he's him. a number one. I'm saying yeah. he's better than Andy Dalton. I don't disagree with you. That's it, all I'm yeah. saying. They, it's crazy though. They obviously don't feel like that. It doesn't make any sense to me, but they don't. Back to the uh, Burrow conversation. Yes. Think about the ones we had Baker. Cut yesterday by Carolina. Hasn't been picked up yet. Think about the number one overall picks who have not been, have not lasted at all. I mean, it used to be, if you if you were one of those guys, if you think of El, there's a lot of guys back in the day that were number one and then they'd hang around. The last 20 years, I mean, Lux of his own volition, he was going to be special, but yep. he got beat up. Yep. Winston, a lot of them no. were, oh gosh. Baker, no. Couch, car, and I'll pull him up. But I mean, that's just, Baker... The crazy thing about Burrow... Goff actually stacks up pretty well. I was going to say, he was the other one I came up with. Uh, he was the other one I came up with that was like, you know what, it's not a disaster. Not a disaster um, at all. And and the rest of the... A lot of these guys, though, it's really brutal. Yeah. When you, when you think of it over the last, uh, the last 20 years or so. So, in terms of quarterback, you know, obviously, like, well, you can even start since, you know, when we came back. With the with the uh, the Tim Couch draft, so Manning goes the year before, so it's ninety eight. So you miss it by a year, the year before Manning. And I think Manning was didn't matter who he went to; they were going to be good. Yep. So Couch in ninety nine, Vic in 01. Now he was, but undid on his own of his of his own stuff off the field. David Carr, Eli Manning was absolutely absolutely was. I'll get to him in a second. Uh, Jamarcus Russell, Stafford was. Bradford was not. Nope. Cam was. Yep. But it was it was like Vic. MVP. Just a went short to a window. Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. Short window. Uh, relatively speaking. Luck. No. Winston. No. Jared Goff. Sorta. Baker. No. Jury's we'll out. See. Jury's out. Burrow. Yes. Absolutely. And then Trevor. We'll Maybe. see. Yeah. Goff is feels like top five from there. Yeah, I think it's, you know, if you're probably ranking them, it's, what is it? It's Burrow, it's Stafford. Burrow's early, obviously. Eli, those guys are, those guys hit. No doubt. Some real misses in there, though, too. It's um, hard. It's really hard, man. It's really hard. Do you, could you name the number one pick from last year's NFL draft off the top of your head? The one that just happened this yeah. year? Uh, Walker for the Jags. Tough, though, right? Trevon yeah. Walker. Trevon Walker, yeah. I don't, I don't, I haven't heard anybody write about him, say anything about him. No, I've heard year. a lot about Aiden Hutchinson, who went second. I have. I haven't heard anything about Trayvon. What's it? Let's. I have no idea. I'll I don't know if he's working sets. or not. Trayvon Walker. I mean, when you, this list is like a who's who. There was another draft, like Eric Fisher, thirteen, was the number one overall pick at Kansas City. There we go, Trayvon Walker. He has started 12 games. He has two and a half sacks, four tackles for loss, one interception, two passes defensed. Not great. Not great. No. 
one of the guys on that list who we went through who was great was Eli Manning. A good to great. Two Super Bowls. So last night on the Manning cast, a couple of things. Charles Woods, or I'm sorry, Randy Moss was amazing and was incredibly inquisitive and wanted to have like football conversations with them. And they were both so locked into the, the next question yeah, in the script. Get out of that. Instead of just listening. I would tell that to if you're a kids out here and you listen to us, thank you. If you're trying to start podcasts or whatever, kids are in, trying to get into the business, you really need to listen to interviews. You need to listen to the people you're interviewing. It's a conversation. It is a conversation that is being had. And there is this notion that you have to go to the next thing that's on a list of things that have to be accomplished. Let the conversation take you where it takes you. If it goes off the rails, you steer it back in. But he started telling this incredible story that I was so intrigued in about Randy Moss visiting Tennessee as a high school player, and Peyton Manning wasn't there for the inter- for the for the visit. It was an official visit, and Manning wasn't there. He was in Virginia visiting his now wife. He drove back at three o'clock in the morning to try to get there to meet with Randy, and they had like this funny back and forth. And Randy's talking about going to the basketball game at Tennessee, but his heart was already set at Notre Dame. Um, Peyton made this funny joke about I, I didn't even see her face. She had a hoodie on the whole time, like that type of stuff. Like it was a really funny thing. And they hit right back with, "Hey, you went and snuck into the hotel with the Patriots." And it's like, you you're on it, man. Yeah, you've no, got it. You got it. It was like when Kirk Cousins was like, "How do we beat Cover Zero? What would you guys do?" And they're like, "Oh, great question. We'll get to that after the break." And they come back from the break, and they're right back on their script that is never script. happened. Yeah, it's a shame. It was uh, GMAT, you know, GMAT, with all the energy and enthusiasm. Oh, yeah, yeah. He would always say, in an interview, you are on the freeway and you're driving and you know where it's going, but it's a conversation and they're going to give you off-ramps. Mm-hmm. And if you hear a good off-ramp, take it. Don't, take be, afraid it, to, don't be afraid to take that off-ramp and, and go and take it down that road. You have to listen, yeah, man. You've got to. Um, the other thing that I thought from it that was interesting was, so last night Brady passes Peyton Manning as the winning or the most fourth quarter comebacks in NFL history with the with the win and they put the graphic up and um, what was the number do you remember like it was a lot 54 45 40 I thought it was in the 40s like 49 or some 45 okay. I don't know yeah. something some in the 40s. it was a lot and they put the graphic up and I've been watching the whole game and I know like they're friendly like they do the golf stuff and sure all of that but the cuts run deep man like Manning was without question rooting for the Saints. There's no question he was rooting for the Saints. Mm-hmm. Every time he has an opportunity to take like a backhanded shot at the Patriots for like Spygate or any of the cheating stuff, he does. And there was no question that as Brady got the ball back, he was rooting for the Saints to not let him. Now, I don't know if it's as personal as just I would like one record left because all the rest of you guys have broken all the rest of them. It's 44. 44 yeah. comeback. 44. So I don't know if I had it that. on my notes. I knew I, I it was 44. Yeah. So I don't know if it was that that part or just 12 years of going head-to-head with the guy. It's hard to unbreak that. Well, and there was the great exchange with Robin Roberts where he said, you know, that Brady was so stingy with all those rings. Mm-hmm. And Eli goes, well, not with me. Yeah. <laughs> and – Tom was not pleased. I mean, uh, Peyton was not pleased with that at all. No. He did not like that. I don't it, – it's funny. When you talk to Gerard mm-hmm. about things and who he hates more than anything, it is the Indianapolis Colts and Peyton Manning. Yeah. Like, there is no – it does not matter about anybody else or any other teams that they played or in their own division yeah. or whatever. He's like, I refuse to even acknowledge Peyton Manning. 
Yeah. Well, they did the that they were the ones who called him out, told on him for Deflategate through Bob Kravitz, who was a writer at the Indianapolis uh, newspaper at the a time. Great humor. Very good, longtime NFL dude. Um, but they they I think there's just a lot of bitterness. Well, yeah, the Patriots the thwarted the Colts many a time, and mm-hmm. then the Colts got rules changed. Yeah, because of the way that they were physical with the Colts receivers, and so I, yeah, there's a lot of animosity yeah. and trying to change the way the game is played to cater to your strengths. Mm-hmm. That yeah, I'm no doubt. No, it's yeah. interesting though, really, when you think of those Colts failures, I I don't necessarily always think of their failures against New England. I think about losing in the Super Bowl to a Saints team that they had the lead at half and don't that recover was an onside up. kick. Oh, yeah. uh, that was pretty brutal. Hank basket. Yeah. I think about the um, – there was a uh, a loss in an AFC championship game to Pittsburgh. That was the year that the Steelers won it. Yeah. That was uh, Roethlisberger's rookie year. Yeah. I mean, like, that was a strange loss. I Don't they have a loss to, like, the Chargers in the postseason? They would lose too? for a couple times. Weird. They, yeah, when they had a bye. Yeah. And then they would rest, and then they would lose that first game. Right. At and home. It was, so it wasn't always New England getting them. No. It was, it was that New England, when New England got there, they went and won it. Yeah. Um, the one time they did win it, they did beat New England to get there. But it did feel – it wasn't like it was all just New England as the thorn. Isn't it crazy? So Peyton Manning's two Super Bowls, one was New Orleans, and they lose on an onside kick, basically. I mean, that kind of changed the game. And then Porter had a – Tracy Porter, I want to say, had a pick six. And then the one that – the other one was Rex Grossman. So he they beat – the Bears with Rex, Rex Grossman, Grossman in the rain. In the rain in Miami. Yep. Um, they lost to the Saints. Yep. Uh, then he got – they got – the year that he set all the records, they got annihilated by the Seahawks. When he was with the Broncos. When he was with the Broncos yep. in the outdoor stadium. And then he won it when he was a shell of his former self. They beat in Car- Denver with Carolina, Carolina Newton. In San Francisco. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But he was – at that point, he was game manager at best. Um, but they yeah, when smoked by the Seahawks. Oh the my God. There was were... a, it was a pick six. I feel like it was like, wasn't it pick six and then Percy Harvin punt return touchdown, like boom, boom. It was over and it was, it was 14, nothing and over before they even yeah correct. Before the halfway point of the first quarter. Correct. I think it was yeah. like, the, it was 14, nothing before I want to say his first throw was pick six or one of them early. It was really early. There was a pick six. And for some reason in my head, I think there's a Harvin punt return touchdown in that one as well or a punt return started off with a safety safety was it nick yeah it was a safety it started off with the safety so is it 16 to nothing before they first offensive play of the game snap out of the shotgun resulted in the safety uh that's right broncos turned the ball over four times and had 11 total yards in the first quarter they didn't score until the third quarter came to an end so the pick six that you're thinking of made it 21 nothing 22 nothing the pick six you're thinking of made it 22 nothing okay. then the it, it feels like the third the second half opens with Percy Harvin returning the kick 87 yards for a touchdown to make it 29 to nothing i mean then it was 36 to nothing before they scored at the end of the third quarter and the final was 43 to 8 so out of the safety safety then field goal field goal and it's eight nothing. So it's eight nothing. Seahawks okay. finally score on a seven play, thirty-seven yard drive, which means there had to be a turnover, my guess. Um, and that makes it fifteen to eight. Then the pick six, twenty-two, and then the the kick return, twenty-nine, twenty-nine nothing. Jeez, beat down. Manning in the game, thirty-four of forty-nine, two hundred eighty yards, one touchdown, two picks. He was sacked once. Super Bowl record for completions in a game, by the way. Russ, really? yeah. Russ, 18 of 25, 206 and 2. 
Percy Harvin, two carries for 45 yards. Marshawn Lynch, 15 rushes, only 39 yards and a touchdown. No Sean Marino. Yep. Oh, sure. It was Denver's running Who's back. your MVP of that Super Bowl? That was the one, wasn't it? Uh, wasn't it, it was Malcolm? Rough. Was it Malcolm Smith? Was that the Malcolm Smith one? No. Which one was know. Malcolm yeah, Smith? Malcolm Smith. Malcolm Smith was the Super Bowl MVP. 242nd overall selection of the 2011 draft, picking off Manning, returning it for a touchdown. In yeah. route to a Super Bowl MVP award. And he recovered so that a fumble. It, that and made it 22? Tackles. The fumble, the pick six made it 22. Okay. And then the kick return made it 29. Nothing to start the third quarter. Okay. Jeez. Yeah, Malcolm Smith, former Brown. How about that? Still a free agent out there, isn't he? Yeah, still, we need linebackers. Just throwing it out there. There you go. Um, all right, OBM, the official printer partner of your Cleveland Browns. If you depend on the Browns to win, you can always depend on OBM. They'll tackle any size office. Call 216-485-2000 visit ohiobusinessmachines.com. Lots of fun on the program today. We've got a little better or worse one thought as well. Yahoo's Charles Robinson will join us in the second hour of the program. Jeremiah Wusukoromoa from the podium. We're off and running. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Rumpke Ways are cycling family owned and operated. We join them as a customer's employee who become part of the family. Visit Rumpke.com to learn more. As we put the Texans game to bed, what was the mood around the team Sunday, post-game, the way back? What was kind of the vibe you felt, pal? Overall, I would say it was a very positive vibe. I think people thought it was kind of a weird game. It wasn't yeah. didn't go the way people wanted it to go necessarily or thought it might go, but a win is a win, and, and anytime you win in the NFL, it matters. And so there was a lot of excitement about that win. Um, I think that the defense, and especially for Mike Prefer and the special teams unit, I think that there was a lot of joy in the fact that they're you know, Joe Woods' defense and Mike Prefer's special teams really came through in a big way and contributed very much to this win, scoring three touchdowns uh, for the Browns. And I think that there was also some sadness about the loss of Sione Takitaki. My friend Kenny Kenny is devastated <laughs> by the loss yeah. of Takitaki, as, as many of us are. And so I think there was also some, some sadness around that. But overall, certainly a very positive feeling because you went to Houston with one goal to win, yeah. and you did that. Yeah, I think that there's a um, – I think the rest of it is stuff that we do. You know, talking head people do the rest of the stuff. But when you're when you're in a game that it's pretty binary, and to come yep. out with a win, you get it, and and you're you're on to the next. Um, offensively, th we talked a, quite a bit about this yesterday, and it, it'll just be about. Um, I I think the word I keep coming back to with Deshaun is just not comfortable. That's two words, obviously. Uncomfortable is is probably the better way to say that. He just never seemed like himself in there, and no. I think you thought were hopeful that it would seem a little more like no time has passed, but in reality, 700 days is a lot of days. Yeah, and those days showed up, and he said he felt every single one of them. It was his mechanics were off, his footwork was off, the timing was a little bit off, the rhythm. Uh, and so 12 of 22, 131 yards, one interception, rating of 53.4, the lowest of his career. We've talked about it. it was also the first time in his career that he has been the quarterback of a team in the National Football League that failed to score an offensive yeah. touchdown. So it's going to get better from there. And, you know, that was his first week of getting all the reps in how long? So this is it is different. Practice cannot simulate games in the National yeah. Football League, but I do think that he is going to bounce back, be back, and be better. Will it be 
what you need it to be soon enough to take down the Cincinnati Bengals? That's the question that's out there right now. Yeah, um, I, I think the big, the other big takeaway here is is we we've got a real issue at receiver now. Um, you've got a lack of health. That's a problem. Um, I'm hopeful. What, where are we with the Chief? Are we hopeful? Yeah, Fingers I'm, crossed. I'm, op, I'm more than hopeful. Optimistic that the Chief will be back this week. That so, would be a critical. That's huge. Then you have three guys in the passing game again that you can really work with. And, and that's, that's really what you need to be effective. Because well, right now it is two. Right. Based, you know, where yeah. you've got injury problems and you have just can you count on people. So there is, it's a really, really thin room right now Yep. Uh, at, at wide receiver. Um, offensive line, you know, from I'm watching on television, it didn't feel like our best performance there, certainly on the two edges. Um, no, Jed really Jed, struggled in yeah. this game, gave up five pressures, according to Pro Football Focus, and, and he's going to have to be better, dealing with a very good pass rushing duo, and especially Trey Hendrickson, that I'm sure he'll get a lot of work against in this game against the Bengals. Yeah, Hubbard and Hendrickson work well together, yep. so that will be that will certainly be a problem for our, their defense, and we'll do matchups tomorrow. Their, their defense is, or meet the Bengals tomorrow, their defense is, is pretty sturdy and has played well for a while. They've won now four in a row, including that one Sunday uh, over Kansas. So City. their last loss was to us. Uh huh. Yep. 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 Um, special teams. It was good to get a sturdy performance there. This was the performance of the year for Mike Prefer's unit. Uh, you had a special teams touchdown from Donovan Peoples Jones on the punt yep. return, and Cade seemed like he hit them all true. Yep. So that was good to see. Did any of them wobble in the building? Um. I, I, no, I thought he was he was good. Some wonky kickoffs. There are a couple of kickoffs where he kind of like missed the ball and hit those yeah. low-line drives. But, I mean, the field goals were great. Corbo Horkes continues to punt very well at a high level. Um, and so that, I thought, was that was very encouraging. And then not only did you score a touchdown, you forced a fumble. Kunashik popped the ball out that Tony Fields recovered. Um, so, yeah, best special teams performance still. You could clean up on the on the kickoff after the safety, you know, allowing a fifty yard return when he had three guys around him. That was not good, but for the most part, certainly a plus plus performance from the from the special teams unit. Jim said something yesterday that I thought was um, was pretty pointed and I think appropriate when talking about Cade York that he's got to figure out how to kick in his own building and and kick here, like, and that's something. That's just going to take some time, isn't it? Because yeah. you can feel how this place getting people's heads kicking down there. No doubt. And you think about the fact that Cade York, you know, started the season 8 of 8, then hit a 9 for 15 stretch, mm -hmm. which is 60%. Yes. Not great. And then was able to kind of get it back together, which was which was good to see. But, you know, I can think of the extra point he missed was, was it at first energy. He missed two in the game at first energy against yeah. the Chargers. He had a miss at first yeah. energy in the last game against the Bucks that we won. So, yeah, that it's a tough, it's tough, it's tough, and and getting better at First Energy Stadium will be huge. Yeah, and this one uh, Sunday down in Cincinnati, sim not as raucous a situation in terms of with the wind no. and the gusts and all of that, but it'll probably be cold. And it's turf, if I'm not mistaken. I think you have that right. Yeah, so what that, are we headed for down there weather-wise? It is yeah. turf. Yeah, that's right. So that you got, have you taken an early look at what we got weather-wise? Uh, it's not – the one I saw was upper 40s and cloudy. Again, I will take that in a, in December. Sure. It, they, they're usually at least 10 degrees warmer than us. Yeah. Oh, my God, they got 58 on Friday. Yeah, it's 47, no rain, cloudy, but almost 50 degrees. Perfect. Perfect. That's fantastic. Light winds. It's luxurious, really, is yeah. what I would call it. Yeah.
That's that is that is very very good. Um, so look, th- it was a necessary. You got to play your first game sometime. There he is, the great Scarlet. Scarlet sliding around. Looks like he's at a little um, more pace than boy. normally for him. Yeah, Scarlet was on the trip. Yeah, he was. Went to Houston. That's right. Is that a rarity? I assume well, he always I, was. On I was. The trips. I was shocked that he was able to grace us with his presence on, on our plane. Oh yeah, I mean he's not. You guys are beneath so, him. He's not doing I, that. He's. I'm. Uh, I'm getting ready to to go out to to eat with the radio crew. Uber Black shows up. It is a nice little Escalade. Sure it is. Guess who pops out? Scarlet. That guy. Of course he does. Of course he does. How do you think he's operating? They open the door for him. That's right. He's a man of consequence. Boy, must be nice to be you. Yeah, that's right. He's a man of real consequence. Yeah, he's not doing some sort of standard Uber. No, 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 no. I mean, this thing pulled up, and I was like, who is is out on the town? Just our guy. Yeah, just our guy living his best life. Chasing down leads, working on his non-regional diction. It's Can't wait to work for him. Maybe someday. Maybe. Uh, buying or selling a home with Howard Hanna Real Estate Services, always a winning strategy. If you plan to make a move this season, they'll have you covered at Howard Hanna. Every day is game day. Visit howardhanna.com slash go Browns today. Coming up next, one thought from every game from Sunday. There were some good ones, some bad ones. We go through it all coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Browns fans, enter for your chance to win Browns season tickets, free Milkbone dog treats for a year and more. It's all courtesy of Milkbone, the official dog treat of the Cleveland Browns. Visit browns.com slash Milkbone to enter, then visit your local Meyer to check out all the varieties of Milkbone dog treats. You have that to look forward to, which is nice. Time for one thought from every game on Sunday. Hello, Gibbet. Hello, boys. Come up. Little one thought action. Let's dance. I'm in. Let's go Sunday night. It was close Let's for a little bit. It was fun. It was interesting. And then the Indianapolis Colts showed their true colors. Cowboys 54, Colts 19, Bo Bishop, one thought while Zagura stretches somehow. I'm in agony. That's all he does every week. All I was thinking about, you said let's dance, and I was trying to remember the next part of that is the burgundy line, let's dance, blank weed. And I I couldn't (laughs) place it as burgundy, Papa Burgundy. That's great. Um Look, the the uh, I will I will stick to the rules here, and I will say that the one thought is that the Indianapolis Colts are who we thought they were, and you get a little emotional bump as I think we properly projected on the scores when they first got Jeff Saturday that you get a little emotional bump with it, and hey, remember Peyton Manning and all of that, but in the end, it's a bad ball, and it's a bad football team, and and so they were pretty much exposed by a really good Dallas team. Zagura, yeah, Cowboys just took it to them, especially at the end of the game. By the way, Malik Hooker having a nice little career resurgence with the Cowboys. He scored in this one. But, yeah, the Colts are dreadful. I did appreciate, though, I don't know when the last time is that I've seen a losing team victory formation out of game. I'll admit I did not watch to the end, so they did that. The Colts victory formation. They just knelt it out. We'll we'll see on down the road. 54-19, we'll see on down the road. Really? Victory formation. Or in this case, yeah. beating formation. I This was one where my, my new operation that I'm doing, White Lotus ends, I flip over, it's in the fourth quarter, and it's 40-something to it's a blood night. And I go, well, no need to continue with this. I can go to sleep. Yeah. By the way, so you did last night was your Yellowstone night, yeah. right? Yeah. Kind of a non-episode episode. 
Yeah, I, you know, other than the absurdity of the fight at dinner, which is just stu so stupid, um, just absurd. <laughs> we're gonna stand outside, and we're just gonna stand in front it's of each other stupid. and exchange punches. I mean, it was just the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Um, I didn't even, I didn't mind it though, because it was kind of like a day in the life of the ranch. I guess, which I yeah. thought was kind of. They didn't advance any storyline, right? But in terms of like how a branding or a roundup works, yeah, they did that to a T and the last I think what you got is like the last 10 minutes you saw why people fell in love with that show during the pandemic because it's like a bunch of cowboys saddling up horses doing beautiful stuff with the sun coming up and we're going to ride out and do beautiful things I mean and, that was and everything only happens in a two month period in Montana very short period yeah, yeah. It's great. I, we used to go to my uncle Wayne's to brand uh -huh. and I remember or to round up and it was like that it was a two day deal and it was his house about 45 minutes from where I grew up and I remember like we had to be there by 5 a.m. So my dad, would, we'd get up at like 3.30. Dad was like, Saddle, let's get the horses saddled. We're trailering them. Let's go. And we'd be there by between 5 and 5.30 on horseback before 6 to go get them. And it was cold and awful. Awful. It's amazing <laughs> that you've done this stuff. It's wild. Awful. It really is incredible. City slickers. Not. Brutal. Late games on Sunday in Week 13 in the National Football League. One thought from Bengals. Chiefs. Bengals 27, Chiefs 24. If the playoffs started today, KC would be the number two seed. They've dropped from number one with that <laughs> loss. Tennessee still at the five seed. Zagura, one thought from you. So is Buffalo the one? Yes. Now? Buffalo's the tiebreaker. Kansas City, their kryptonite, the Bengals. Yeah. The Browns, the kryptonite for the Bengals, as of recent history, anyway. And therefore. And therefore. <laughs> we're winning the Super Bowl. No. Um, incredible job by the Bengals. Defense, once again, and Burrow makes throws when he needs to. And, and I don't know if this is right or not, but it feels like, it feels like Samaji Pirine is adding a little more to their offense right now he than is. Mixon has this year well that's not surprising he 100 percent is so yep mixon hasn't been really right all year p ryan's given him something it's amazing how long they've held on to p ryan like he's been there for a really long time yep both oklahoma guys yep i think p ryan preceded i think he's even older than mixon at ou if memory serves i can't remember exactly but they're both oklahoma guys um this this thing comes down to um burrow is incredibly clutch Oh, my goodness. He makes a throw on third and 11 to T. Higgins in the size of a pinhole that if it doesn't, if it falls incomplete and it, or if it's intercepted, Kansas City clearly wins. Mahomes goes right down and you know they're going to get points. But he doesn't. He sticks it on him. They catch it. Game over. We'll see you the next time out. Um, he's he's stunning. I've, I've been projecting this coming with them for a couple of weeks. I've talked about them, about the way they're playing. They are really sturdy defensively and they did a lot of this without Chase, and now they have him back. He had seven for 97, including a clutch clutch first down on the, on that last drive to extend the clock, keep the clock turning against Kansas City. Uh, to me, Cincinnati, I, they feel like a team right where they were a year ago and maybe even better. That defense is nothing to, uh, no, to go to sleep on. It's a real on. deal, man. They are really good as they well. Did, they suffocated Tennessee <laughs> last yep. week and then get – the, te uh, the Kansas City. They do just what they need to do. Yeah, they're Hold good. them in check. They are good. Von Bell's good. Jermaine Pratt, a guy we talked about a lot on this program. Von Bell was a scrap heap guy. Like, coming out yeah. of New Orleans, nobody wanted him. No. It's been great for them. Last um, year, he was not as good. This year, he is excellent. Yeah.
From the AFC West, the Raiders. They've won three in a row. They are five and seven on the year. They knock off Los Angeles and the Chargers. 27-20, Chargers, six and six on the season. Bishop, one thought from you. Do you know who's leading the NFL in rushing? Who? Josh Jacobs. Yeah. 1,300 yards Not or better. too shabby. He's yep. leading them in rushing. Um, they, he, he thought he was going to be another one of those first-round picks who was on the scrap heap for them. He's rejuvenated his career. Um, they've played really well like three weeks in a row. And and so and also shame on me for ever picking a team Brandon Staley coaches because they're just incompetent. It's based on the and talent. their offensive it's play awful. calling is horrific. It's they awful. are they have Justin Herbert and he is special and they are yeah. terrible. Uh, Devonte Adams is ridiculous. Every single week finally. he has been yeah. finally he's been good. No, no, like they 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 didn't, they had trouble going to him. They the lost beginning. a bunch like, of close early. games early. They, uh, you know, I don't know. They they've been good for about three weeks now. Here's other. Here's a little quiz question for you. So, do you guys know who the all-time receiving touchdown leader is? I know that you do. That is, of course, Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice, 197. So, number two is a random Moss with 156. Yeah. The active leader is Devonte Adams. 85. He's in the 80s. Yeah. And that's something. So, Gibbe. Think about. It. He's 110 away from Rice. Thirty years ago today, Rice broke the record from Steve and Largent. How old is Adams? He's been in the league. He's been in the league a while. Yeah. Thirty years ago today, Rice broke the record by Largent. He went 101. Right. This is his then, ninth season. Of then the he played 12 more years and finished with 197. Devontae's getting it going though. Lately, he's got 40. Yeah. He's got 41 and counting in the last three seasons. Uh, but Gibbe, early in the year, first game, he had 141 and a touch, then 12 yards and a touchdown, 36 and a touchdown, 101. 124 and 2, 95 no touchdown, 3 yards, no touchdown against the uh, Saints. And then he has been on fire of late. 146 and 2, 126 and 1, 141 and 2. Throw up that line against the Saints. 74, no touchdown. And then this week, 8 for 177 and 2. They've won three in a row. They're going to look back at the season and say, we should have beaten the Chargers in week one. They should have. They lost by five there. We should have beaten Arizona in week two. We were up big in that one. That one was brutal. They lose that by six. They lose, should have beaten the Titans week three. They lose that one by two. They lose to the Chiefs by one. They get blanked and abused by the Saints 24 nothing in one of the – that was just an, that was an insane one. And then they lose to Jacksonville 27-20, followed by Indy 25-20. I mean, this is a team that – they're like us, man. Yeah. A lot of similarities. One, two, three. Yeah, five, same record, five and seven. Mm-hmm. Up next, guys, the 49ers beat Miami. It cost them a lot, though. The Dolphins uh, lose 33-17. to 17. Miami on the season now 8-4. and four. The 49ers 8-4, and four, and they maintain a one-game lead in the NFC West. Pedro, not Pedro, one thought. Do things. Two things? Two things. Three. Number one. Nerd. How good is this defense? We're all over two and nerd. Told you. We're so good. And it started. The game started with a 75-yard touchdown. on the. I yeah. think the first play or first drive, certainly. First play from scrimmage. Trent Sherfield from Tua. They shut him down. Three interceptions. He was rattled for the first time all year. And then we've talked about this defense. Demeco Ryans, he's been incredible. But for Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, to come in, Go 25 of 37 for 210, two touchdowns, and one interception is absolutely stunning against a very good Miami Dolphins defense. That's a shocker. The question now is, 
Do they roll with Brock Purdy? What do they do at quarterback? As you guys know, uh, from the from my time with Kyle, I've always described him as a gangster. You're right. I think that he might be the only true offensive genius coaching in the National Football League. When he coaches against his former dudes, he suffocates them. LaFleur, McDaniel, McVay, and he's always got lesser. Yeah. Feels like he's got lesser, well, and they win. I mean, it's he's got Brock Purdy, for God's sakes. He's a very average quarterback from Iowa State last year. He's Mr. Irrelevant. By the way, first Mr. Irrelevant to ever throw a forward pass in the National Football League. Ever. Ever. Let alone touchdown. How many Mike, of them have been quarterbacks? Mike right, Florio to today on Pro Football Talk in his power poll. He's like, reason to be concerned if you're Miami after that game. And I'm like, no, no you went up against your mentor, and your mentor smoked you. Yeah. Yes, but confidence, as we know, is a big thing, and, and we'll, we have to see how Tua responds to this. This is the first time that he was inaccurate all year. It was the first time he appeared to be rattled all year. And so how does he yeah. respond to that? Because they're not just going to sleepwalk to the the Super Bowl, the AFC is oh no, very challenging. No, they're ahead of schedule though. I think anyway. Yes. Yeah. Up next from the NFC West, Seattle uh, keeps pace with the San Francisco 49ers. They beat the Rams, the helpless Rams, 27 to 23. Zagura, one thought from you. Not. Uh, I love just the competitiveness. DK Metcalf talking trash to Ramsey. Metcalf had a great game in this one. Bobby Wagner did everything he could to take down his former team on the Rams side of things. It's just incredible that this is a Seahawks-Rams, which was been recently with Stafford, Russell Wilson. Before that, Goff, who had taken the Rams Super Bowl, Russell Wilson, that it was Geno Smith, and I don't even know, Wolford. And then he got knocked out wild. But Geno Smith's legit. The combination of Lockett and Metcalf is legit. Mm -hmm. And the Seahawks are they are kind of a fun team. Fun team we each week. They can go straight to hell though because they didn't cover, and that's ridiculous Agreed. against this Rams team. Yeah, the Rams are. It's a joke. Yeah, like this so. Rams team is pathetic, and they didn't cover, so I, I have no use in giving them any more praise than that. Fine, fair. Yeah. Uh, from the early games, one thought: Week thirteen, Philly thirty-five, Tennessee ten, Titans fall to seven and five. Philly now eleven and one on the football season. Bishop, one thought. Yeah. Um. I just. With, with Philly, I was reserving to see them play good teams because they haven't played too many of them to this point. Um, I'm good now. <laughs> okay? I, I've seen enough now. Uh, not the Tennessee, some juggernaut. They play Dallas, I think, in three weeks. That'll be one when you really know. Uh, but, but I've seen enough now. that th I think this team has built confidence amidst winning, even if who they're beating isn't necessarily that impressive. Self-belief's a powerful thing, and they believe bigly. And they're going to be a tough train to stop. They're going to be, what are they, 11-1? and one? They're going to be 13-1 and one when they play Dallas. They have the yeah. Giants and then another garbage team between the, them and the playing the Dallas game in a couple of weeks. They're going to be 13-1 and one when they play the Cowboys. Zagura. The Eagles are good. This was a beating of the Tennessee Titans. It was. And it, it feels like Malik Willis, we said it earlier in the season, I think we're right. Like This is a team that is in no threat to win the Super Bowl, even if they end no. up winning their division, which I think they will almost by default. They're not good. You got to see what you have there, and obviously the AJ Brown trade. We said at the time one of the more idiotic trades I've ever Pretty seen. Pretty sure in the it NFL. got the Titans GM fired today. Yeah, I think today. today. Well, you saw the video that went around of like Vrabel getting up and getting away from the table after the that, war room after shaking that his head. Announced. Yeah, he was pissed. Yeah. Uh, up next, guys, real quick: Lions forty, Jaguars fourteen. The girl, one thought. The Lions are fun, man. 
they're kind of fun. Obviously, you know, Trevor Lawrence goes down, escaped a scary injury, but they were not good. Goff was on fire in this one. Um, 76%, 342 touchdowns. Amon Ross St. Brown, DeAndre Swift finally was kind of used the way that you thought he would be used. We didn't even really see. I think he played, what, six snaps or ran six routes, got one target, Jamison Williams. This is a fun team, and this is a team that, let me throw this at you. If Tom Brady says, you know what, I just want to go play in a dome. Now, the Niners obviously He's make a lot of sense. Yeah. But if not, you drop Tom Brady into that division, I mean, they could Wasn't be dominant. Wasn't that to put Stafford back there? Send Stafford back. Somebody, this is a ready team with a good quarterback. And yeah. I think Goff, Goff is fine, fine, but he's if you look at his dome and road splits, it's insane. Indoors, he's very good. Outdoors, not. Yeah. Um, do you guys – did we talk about this? Do you guys know what they were going to do with Jamison Williams? Did you guys see this? No, tell me. They were going to use him as a gunner in his first game back. What? And they got talked out of it. Yeah. The plan from Dan Campbell was to use him as a gunner. The first receiver – was this. he the first receiver off the board of the second – was it Drake London first? Drake Wherever London it was, was he was but a he top was right ten, there. top yes. ten receiver pick. Yep, yep, yep. If he was healthy, would have been the first. He's a burner. He's coming off a catastrophic knee in his first game back. They were going to use him at gunner, and then they got talked out of it. They just need somebody up there to say, "Dude, you don't have to eat raw meat every day." Yep. Just chill out. Mix yep. in a salad. Ah, tasty. That's all you got to do, because they've got everything else. They're really close, and they're not out of it in the postseason because of how crazy the NFC is. Yep. All right, guys, uh, we got to hurry this up a little bit. Zagura, one thought from you, Packers 28, Bears 19. Christian Watson is is living up to the hype. Yeah. It took a while, and sometimes that's okay because now he's on fire and he has been electric for the Packers, and he's somebody the Browns were interested in. You think, he'd, mm -hmm. boy, he'd look pretty nice as a compliment to our other guys. First time in NFL history, somebody other than the Bears is the all-time winningest franchise. It's appropriate that the Packers to do it. Rodgers does not lose to them. This was the easiest pick of the week or one of them for me. Packers not dead just yet. Vikings no. 27, Jets 22. Bo, one thought. Um, it's interesting. I'll go the Jets side of this. I don't know if you saw the stuff from Garrett Wilson postgame. Like, they're done with Zach Wilson. It's unreal. Done. Like, yeah. that dude turned everybody off. They're, I mean, Mike White wasn't great can write a hell of an episode of White Lotus, but he wasn't great. They lost, but they still were got his back. Uh, Zagura, one thought from you. Ravens 10, Broncos 9. <laughs> Gutless. Big loss, Gutless man. Gutless Broncos. Lamar could be a couple weeks. It's one to three week weeks, but, I mean, come on, Broncos. Can't you stop? You've stopped them all no, game. No, they suck. Gutless. Suck. Terrible. Uh, Bishop. Horrible, as Bootsy would say. One thought, Steelers not dead either. Squealers no. 19, Falcons 16. It makes me sick, but they have culture. Like, they're not capable of, of bottoming. They just, they're, they're not going to be, I don't know if they're going to get to 500. I don't think that they will, but they just will not bottom out. And they just have so much belief in who they are that they play hard every week. This was a, a relative easy pick, too, for that reason. Uh, by the way, that'll be a big one this week. Ravens visiting the Squealers. Uh, final one. Commit commies twenty, Giants twenty, overtime. Honestly, really, can we can we just we get keep rid playing of until there's a win. Or if you want to start with a thirty-yard field goal, do the thirty-five, 
40, 45, 50, Just, 55, 60, 65, until somebody wins. It's really easy. Something. Do, do the college overtime, turn off the stats. That's it. Yep. That's all you got to do. That solves it, then you get rested. You can't have this. Too much nonsense. goes into a game for a tie. Absolutely. There's a new way to cheer on your Cleveland Browns to help your favorite four-legged companion. Barking Backers, presented by Milkbone, the Browns' newest club for pet parents worldwide. Sign up today at BarkingBackers.com. Barking Backers, the fan club for dogs. Coming up in the second hour of the program, a little better or worse, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, as well as Charles Robinson. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Hey, Browns fans, skip the chore of laundry. Enjoy life.laundry. Tide Cleaners offering 30% off dry cleaning for the month of November. Just mention promo code BROWNS. Visit TideCleaners.com to find the closest location nearest you. Some exclusions may apply. Pop quiz for the two of you. Who has the most touchdown passes in a two-year span of 30 yards or more this century? Which quarterback? A two-year a two-year span. Most 30-yard-plus touchdown passes in a two-year span since the year 2000. Mahomes. Give it. I guess it's going to end up being Burrow, but uh, Mahomes has been my guess. Burrow with 22. Second on the list is Dante Culpepper, mm. thanks to Randomoss. Randomoss. Third is Peyton Manning, and tied for third is Eli Manning. Those are your top four. Plexico Burris, Odell Beckham yeah. Jr. Um, Helped with a lot of those. Plexico. Yeah. Uh, Manning with Reggie and Marvin Harrison. Uh, but, but Burrow has the most, 22 of them, of 30 yards or more for a team we'll see this Sunday. That's right. Hello, Gibbe. Higher or lower? Higher or lower worse. presented Better by... Better or worse. Keep it fun, Ohio, from the Ohio Lottery, who reminds you to know the risks before you gamble. Uh, this compliments of NFL.com and Dan Hensis. First and foremost, he has your Cleveland Browns at number... 20. couple teams in front of us include the Patriots, the no. Chargers, and the Lions. Behind us, the Packers, the Squealers, and the Cardinals. Uh, should they be higher, lower, or just right? Zagura will lead you off here. I mean, we are what we are. I, I'd like to think that in a in a game right now we'd be favored over the Lions, but the fact is we've lost to the Chargers. We lost to the Patriots head-to-head. We're a different team now. We did just beat the Buccaneers two weeks ago who are ahead of us on this list. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think that we're probably in the range. We should be in the you know 15 to, to 20 range, 21 range. So we're properly ranged. I think that, though, you could make the case we should be a little bit better. But we've got to we've got to prove that consistently. We'll get a chance. I, I just do not understand or continue to understand the New England Patriots and the love and the past that they, they seem be, to they get. They whipped us though here. They whipped Fine. us. Whipped us. Fine. Like, but you're six I'm and with six, you. and they're, they're I know not a no, good football team. They're not. But like th- that was one of the, the most. That one was rock bottom for me. I know other ones were more painful in the way that they ended, but that was so dispiriting that game. Um, against against New England. I, I think we would be an underdog if we played Green Bay on a neutral field right now. 
I think that would probably be the case. Be close. Close. Probably yeah. two or three, something like that. Um, Arizona, who I think sucks. Um, I think what's us in Pittsburgh? I mean, we'd be favored for sure, but is it? It's probably not much. We got to do it, man. We got to. I agree. You we got to go. We got to go do it. Season. We got to go. We got to stack them. You know, we haven't looked good on both sides of the ball since the Burrow, since the Bengals game, and that one was kind of on an island. By the way, speaking of that, uh, the ESPN Power Poll, yeah. their Power Poll came out today as well. They've got Pittsburgh 19. They have us 23. Yeah. Come on, Trotter. The hell's going on over there? Yeah, that's terrible. That's not right. Yeah. Yeah. Next. Higher or lower. The Eagles come in at number one. The Dallas Cowboys are number two. The Bengals at number three. Bo Bishop, higher, lower, or just right? So, okay, this always comes back to what's your philosophy on one of these is who you think is is this the team how you think they'd play if they were in the Super Bowl right now or how they played this week. It appears that Dan is rewarding for what they did this week. And if that is the case, then Cincinnati should be 2, not 3. So they should be higher. They beat Kansas City. Kansas City had a loss in 7 games and was playing the best football in the league. Dallas beat a brutal indie team, whipped them, acknowledge it. What? But like until the fourth quarter. Yeah, then it got out of control, but like I, you know, I if you're just doing it that way, now do I think Cincinnati's going to the Super Bowl? No, probably not. I think they got a shot. But if you're basing it, it looks to me like he's doing this very week to week. And if that's the case, then I'd have Cincinnati higher. I'd have them two behind Philly. Zagura. I would agree with you. I'd put them higher right now. We'll see what happens when they play us. But, yeah, I think I'd put them at two. Philly, Buffalo, Dallas, the Bengals, and the Chiefs, to me, those five – are in their own area. Now you'd say to me, but Nathan, the Vikings beat the Bills, and they did. But I still feel like on a neutral field, those five would all be favored over the Vikings. The Niners are the team that had a chance, and I'm still, I think the Dolphins still are a very good and very dangerous football team. I would have the, I, I like what you did there because I think I'm with you. I think there are five teams that are going to win the Super Bowl, and it's Philly, Dallas, Cincinnati, Buffalo, and Kansas City. I wouldn't um, count out and the I, Dolphins. I would have had Miami. I would have had San Francisco in it for sure. Yep. Had Garoppolo not got hurt, they would have been the sixth. Miami is right on that cusp. Yep. Because there were, I'm with you. There were some wrinkles with Tua that were a little concerning. Yeah. How he responds will be very important. Next. Higher or lower? Number four, the Buffalo Bills. Number five is Kansas City. Number six is Minnesota. Number seven, the 49ers. Higher, lower, just right. He's got Tennessee too high. I don't know if you're getting into that. Tennessee is way too high. Well, I said the 49ers. I know. We're talking about, yes. I was responding to my co-host's comments. I was looking at the teams around him because I always want to know, like, who are you you putting – how far can you drop them? They just beat Miami with Brock Purdy. No, you got to keep them there, but Brock Purdy is disconcerting. The thing that is about it is once you get after this top eight – I think it falls off a cliff. Tennessee, the Jets, the Ravens, Seattle, the Commies, the Giants, the Raiders, I think it falls off a major cliff. They're still in that group because their defense is so dominant. Um, but it's who knows? Brock Purdy. By the way, David Ajoku on Instagram today saying, back to your regularly scheduled programming, hinting that he will be back for the Browns this week, as we told you a little earlier. So give me the last Super Bowl contender and – I think they've always been, especially, I mean, when they get McCaffrey, it goes to a whole other level. Give me the last Super Bowl contender that lost two starting quarterbacks for the year in the same year. 
Lance Garoppolo? None. Zero. Is the they answer. only have. They only had two on their roster last week. Garoppolo and Purdy. Yeah. Who the hell was the emergency quarterback when Garoppolo went down? Don't know. Probably a wide receiver. Debo? Probably. McCaffrey? Short, just runs. Yeah, probably. Just run some kind of wild. That's crazy. Read option wildcat offense. And they would have probably ran for 170 they yards doing it. I was going to say, they would have been good doing it. I Next. mean, it's crazy. Their situation. Higher or lower. All right. The Dolphins, eight. The Titans, nine. The Jets at 10. Ratbirds at number 11. Bishop, higher, lower, just right. Do you think we sh- you brought this up earlier in the week, I think. Should we move the trade deadline? Yes. Yes. Back. Yes. Like, if you're San Francisco. Two weeks at least. I think right now. Why not right now? Yeah. Like, if you are if you get, have a late season injury and you got a ready-made team, you should be able to make a deal. The penalty is what the penalty is. Like, in terms of you have you're to give up to more give up. or whatever. You're right. The right. You're going to be. If you feel like you're close. Yeah. I'm with you. Ratbirds 11. I think they're better than Tennessee right now, even without knowing what's going on with Lamar. They're not great. Um, they, You want to talk about easy schedule. I mean, they might play. They got nothing. They got to play Cincinnati at the end. Yeah. I'll say this. All of a sudden, the Pittsburgh games aren't gimmies. This is some of this Especially stuff Especially with here, no Lamar. Yeah, some of this stuff in here is really – some of these games in here are really brutal. Some of these teams, I mean um, – Baltimore's they're eight and four, so you have to give them credit for that. They get they they've won most of their tough games. Here's how they finish: at Pittsburgh, at us, Falcons at home, Steelers at home, at Bengals. That's their last five games. We're going to be a full day for them. Pittsburgh shouldn't be, but it might end up being. And then at Cincinnati, it should determine the division. I bet it does. Probably Sunday night football. Probably that, that would think. be the one. Uh, final one. Higher or lower? Are you just taking the rest of the segment off? What no. It's frustrated just, by the Baltimore. I'm just. Uh, so frustrating that we're in this position. Yes. No. Boy, it is what Cincinnati's it is. got us at Bucks, at Patriots, Bills at home, Ravens at home. Yeah. It, if, if Baltimore lost to Denver, I would have felt so much better. But now if we win the next two. Yeah. We beat the Bengals, we beat the Ravens. We get to 7-7 seven and seven mm-hmm. with the Saints, the Commies, and the Steelers left. And we at that point, we would be 4-1 and one in the division. Yeah. You'd feel pretty good yeah, about it. Yeah, this one can springboard you. This, you have, this, is, this is it. I mean, this is, this is a playoff game. Yep. You win this, you're in, now you're kind of dangerous. You mm-hmm. lose this, it's over at that point. All right, we've got about 60 seconds left here. Uh, number 32 is Houston. At Clearly. number 31, would you put the Rams, the Broncos, or the Colts? Who's the second worst team in the NFL? The current Rams. Yeah. Ahead of the. I don't think the current Rams are capable of beating anybody as constructed now. No. Um, yeah, sure Indy Denver still has either. Jonathan Jonathan Taylor. Well, Denver, didn't they just beat somebody last week? Didn't they win last week? They won a weird Stand game. By. I thought they just Denver lost to the Ravens. No, the week before. I mean, I'm sorry, Nick. Did they? No, they've lost four in a row. Yeah, they're dreadful. Yeah, they do suck. 
Yeah, they're not. Maybe I, I'm confusing losing with covering. I think they've covered a couple in a row. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh, my God, yeah, they lost to Carolina 23-10. Yeah, to that's 10. exactly. Grossness. That's why I'm like, Just are you sure they're grossness. not the second worst No, team? they suck. Those teams are brutal. Awful. Yeah. No first-round picks. All four of those. So right now the, the, the Lions are picking second overall yep. from the Rams, and the Seahawks are picking fourth. What are they picking? Fourth or fifth overall? It's got to be a top five. Has to be. Yeah. Denver's dreadful. Yeah. They're, they're three and nine, so they're going to – Seattle's going to get pick of the litter. Remember, we said they were tanking to get CJ Stroud. They don't even need to. Denver tanked for him. Yep. All right, Jeremiah Wusakormo coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. My good friends at the Bath Authority can take that bathroom you have and make it a bathroom of your dreams. A spa-like experience in that sucker after they're done with it. Let the Bath Authority make it a reality for you at a fraction of the cost of the competitors. The Bath Authority is Cleveland's premier bath and shower remodeler. They are excellent. They are experts. They are all factory-trained installers. You give them a call now, you get 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. The number is 216-220-8399. Tell them both sent you. Go to thebathauthority.com. It's where affordability meets quality. The largest selection of bath projects all made in the United States. Change your bathroom from outdated to outstanding. Acrylic tubs that insulate and keep the heat in. Tub to shower conversion. Superior products and expert installers. Go check out my friends at The Bath Authority, 216-220-8399 or thebathauthority.com. And now here's Jeremiah Wusukoromo at the podium. Hey, Jeremiah. Coach has told us that Sione's off for the year with the torn ACL. Um, just how disappointing is that for you guys, especially how well he's been playing? Um, yeah, man, it's disappointing every time, you know, we get we we hear of um, you know, one of our teammates that we've gone through um, you know, much energy, uh, much effort, many hours, many minutes with um go down. Um, but you know, Sione is, is a higher energy guy. Uh, no matter what occurs, no matter what happens, I'm sure you uh, continue to see him around the facility, continue to see him around the linebacker room, energetic on the sidelines. Um, if they allow him to, uh, you know, being involved continuously, helping us out with our calls and fits and everything. Um, it's disappointing, but, um, you know, we have to um, you know, play the, the cards that's been dealt to us. Personnel-wise, how do you go about um, filling the void when that's the third middle linebacker you've lost? Oh, personnel-wise, I mean, I mean, we all can. Um, you know, we're in the NFL. Um, our job is to to fill in uh, and, and do what the coaches require of us to do. Um, and you know, personnel-wise, we'll make the changes, um, we'll adjust, and uh, we'll see what, what what comes out of it. Jeremiah, you mentioned that Sione will probably be back with you guys and talking with you and. You're not going to lose that part of him in the locker room, but is there something about what he's been able to do this season that you think will stick with you guys in terms of on the field, something you've taken away from his efforts so far this year? Yeah, well, he's a large communicator. Um, you know, no matter whether he's at Sam uh, or Mike, um, he, he, or Will, you know, he's a large communicator. He's able to um, 
um, you know, get the guys aligned. He's a, also a guy that watches a lot of film too. Uh, so, uh, yeah, in that aspect. Yeah, Jeremiah, I know yesterday was a, a bit of a coming out for Tony Fields, but you've been around him now for a little while. Just what did that mean to the room to see him step in? And he's really had an expanded role here recently. What did that mean to see him go out there and make a lot of plays? Man, I, I knew when me and Tony came in that he, he was going to be a guy that, that that took off at some point. Um, you know, by just the way he plays and played in college, I, th- I thought he played pretty similar to me on this, on this tape. Um, and, you know, with his, you know, his aggression and, his ability to get from point A to point B and, and just be instinctive. So uh, he's shown that the last two games and, and really all season on special teams doing his thing. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what, what comes out of that. I really am. And then do you guys feel like you're starting to get a roll in a little bit? You know, we talked to you after the Tampa game and, and just kind of the excitement that you guys played your best game where you're starting to stack them a little bit here. Do you feel like you guys are starting to get some things rolling here? Oh, I mean, you know, I mean, you, you guys can see, um, you know, what progress we're starting to make, you know, stopping around a little bit more, um, being very, and, and, you know, having a high intent to be able to take away the ball um, and just wanting to communicate more, wanting to be around the guys more, wanting to be together more, um, you know, wanting to, to, to stop the offense, you know, to have that pride and have that Cleveland on your chest and really represent it. Uh, so we're, we're getting into the flow. Um, you know, I wouldn't say that we're there yet. Uh, you know, I wouldn't even say they were close yet. You know, I think we're just getting started. And um, as time goes, you know, you'll see things uh, start to continue to progress. Hey, Joe, okay, you go from that, facing that Texas offense, which hasn't had much success, to uh, the Bengals next week. So what kind of challenge does Joe Burrow and that gang present you? Oh, uh, first and foremost, I mean, our, our – um, you know, when teams look at our film, they, they, they believe that our weak point is the run game. And um, Texas, uh, the Texans didn't have a, a good run game, if you ask me. A really nice running back, a really nice scheme, actually, um, you know, to their run game. And uh, the Bengals also do have a, a run game, uh, believe it or not. <laughs> um, you know, Nixon is a pretty, um, you know, similar running back as, as 3-1. So um, we'll see um, a lot of, um, you know, uh, not different looks, but, you know, the uh, Texans threw more eye candy at us. Um, you know, the Bengals are more of a, you know, um, you know what I'm doing, now stop me <laughs> type of team. Uh, so they're not going to try to, you know, uh, be too difficult with, you know, trying to fool you here and fool you there. But uh, they are a team that, that, you know, is very prideful in what they do. Um, Burrow is very prideful in what they do, what he does. Um, so, you know, we'll be looking to see what comes out of it. Uh, yeah, Joe, okay. Just wondering, uh, how do you feel about the state of the linebacking core right now with, um, you know, with, with Taki out and, you know, Tony emerging a little bit, you're back from your injury. Where are you guys now at, at linebacker as a group? Yeah, well, there's a time and place for everything. Uh, you know, last night, I'm sure some of the guys celebrated, uh, but also some of the guys more um, a little bit, you know, just because we lost uh, another essential piece. Uh, to our, our puzzle. So, um, like I said, it's, it's compartmentalization, um, able to understand, um, you know, uh, the time and the place um, and the energy that needs to be given. Um, you know, when we talk to top, you know, we may give them high energy and we may, you know, console with them. Uh, when we talk to the rest of the guys, we may uh, do the same thing. Um, so it's just about, you know, understanding uh, balance and really understanding um, how we can, you um, you know, apply the necessary mood, the necessary emotion, 
uh, the necessary um, energy uh, to that time and place. So, Hey, Jeremiah, um, when you look at how Deshaun performed, I know everybody knew there'd be some kind of rust. Is there still a, a large sense of optimism that he'll be able to become his former self and do it in a hurry with the Bengals game coming up? Yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no doubt about Deshaun's performance. I, I don't think. Um, I, I truly believe that you know he's still that that quarterback that um, he's that elite guy, that profound guy. Um, you know, we've seen him again. We talked about you know, you know facing him from the defensive aspect. You know, he's still tough. You know, what I mean, I he played what uh, been off the field. I think somebody said 700 plays or so. 700 uh, days. Yeah, 700 days. So I mean. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. You know what I mean? I, I'm not, um, you know, saying, oh, well, you know, he's about to be the number one quarterback. No, but he's going to perform well. I know it. Um, just by what I've seen, he's going to be a great quarterback here uh, for us. And, you know, it's going to be here a long time. So get used to him. We talk about momentum in terms of the takeaways that the defense aims to get. You know, you get one, the next one's come. Do you feel that in terms of in a game setting? If you maybe miss a tackle, you go back and get it. Do you feel that momentum building? How does that play out for you when you're out on the field? Yeah, I mean, for me, you know, I I, I be just trying to do my job at the end of the day. So, you know, if you know I miss a tackle, if I miss a fit, you know, I'm um, wanting to go back to the sideline to correct that, but I do gotta forget about it at the time. Um, but again, uh, the success of the defense is, uh, is the success of, of myself as well. So I'm a part of the defense. So when the defense succeeds. Um, I actually see and vice versa. So, um, you know, I didn't play the best that I think I could have, um, you know, yesterday, but uh, the defense did play well. So um, much love, much glory, and let's keep going. You know, let's uh, get one to one know this week. All right, good stuff from JOK there. Yes. Fans, mark your calendars for face-off on the lake presented by Meyer. The first major outdoor hockey game at First Energy Stadium on February 18th. The Buckeyes and Wolverines, First Energy Stadium for a limited time. Purchase four tickets for 50 bucks. the mezzanine level. For more information, visit firstenergystadium.com slash faceoff or call 440-891-5050. Can you imagine an Ohio State-Michigan Big Ten Championship game ticket would go for? I could quite a bit. Give a, I'm just noticing that we got through better or worse. We're supposed to go to break, but I know. clearly just, you just roll right through the stop sign. What stop sign? Charles Robinson's up next. All yeah. right, fine. Where's AP? That's what I want to know. Is he ducking me because of his trivia no, he's beating? he's actually sick. He got sick. Sad. Well, that's he's what on happens. the bench. Sad. He said we can talk. you can talk, talk your trash next week. Fine, yeah. I'll wait. Yeah. The victory will last that long. All right, Charles Robinson up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Bally Bet on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. The car, truck, or motorcycle accident caused your injury. Call the injury lawyers at 1-800-ELK-OHIO for a free case review. Elk and Elk's a proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. As we now head out on the Twisted Tea Hotline, brought to you by Twisted Tea Hard Ice Tea, official sponsor of the Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. Our good buddy, NFL senior reporter for Yahoo, Charles Robinson, joins us. Charles, I'm pretty sure the last time we talked was in camp. It was really hot, and at that point we were looking at trying to understand if it was a four- to six-game suspension, not sure what it was going to be ends up being 11 you end up it comes full circle because you're at the game on sunday what a strange journey this has been my friend how does how do you put all of that time into perspective well uh i mean i think the perspective was on the field you know i think uh we saw a quarterback who had 
700 plus days between competitive, you know, football plays, um, who had the, I, you know, I, I don't know when Kevin Savansky talked afterward and there was word jittery came up about Deshaun. I, I don't, to me, you go back into Houston, he sees, you know, ex teammates, uh, there on the sidelines is warm enough, you know, sees Cal McNair goes through that whole thing. It just, the whole atmosphere itself lent, um, I think lent to having a, kind of a subpar uneven game, even if there wasn't a 700 day um, break in between, like I said, competitive football. So it was, I think we kind of, everybody got what they were going to get regardless. It just, this is how he was going to look. And and I think the bigger deal now is what does he look like the next game out? You know, now this is behind him and I do feel like that's real getting not only the suspension behind him, but getting the, stepping on the field in Houston, that being the first game back behind him. Um, It's more, there's a a little more of a sense of normalcy, I guess, this week than there would have been last week. But I'll also say this, I will bet you he faces a much more um, enthusiastic greeting or unenthusiastic greeting uh, against the Bengals than he did in Houston. Houston, it was just sheer apathy surrounding him other than the Browns fans. I don't think that's going to be the case against the Bengals. Yeah, I got to run into Charles in the elevator on the way up uh, to the press yeah. box down there in Houston. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. It was a it was a kind of a surreal environment, a very strange game. Obviously, the Browns went down there to win. They did that. It gets a lot tougher now. And you mentioned what's it going to look like, Charles? Don't you think it's got to be a lot better from Deshaun Watson to have any chance against this Bengals team? And and where would you put the Bengals right now in the AFC or even in the NFL at large? Oh, I, I don't think there's any questions. It's got to play a lot better. Um, you know, it's. It, I think to me, you know, when he uh, microcosm in that game of sort of, it felt like there was that moment where they're trying to engineer some some sort of easy passes. Let's see if we can get him into a flow. And I don't remember if it was Chubb or if it was Cream Hunt, but there was that throw into the flat where he skipped it. Yeah, <laughs> and and. I was like, yeah, that's like, you're even at that point, you know, the staff, you can see like Kevin Stefanski's like, let me try to, let me try to just get him an easy one. You know, let's try to make this, see if we can just get this moving. And that was the result. And, you you know, you can't, that's a pretty bad sign. I mean, that's a, that's sort of the, okay, this is going to be more of a journey over the course of the remainder of the season getting him into a flow than, than, and remember, I mean, it's, it's a terrible Houston Texans team. So it's, yes. it's, you're right. I mean, it, he's going to have to be far closer to what he was at the end of his career in Houston than he was at the start of his career as a Cleveland Brown. Uh, and Cincinnati is, they're rolling. I mean, they're, I, I think from a confidence standpoint, it was interesting. Joe Burrow said, I think it was, it was like two weeks ago. He, he said like, he feels them getting into that groove that they got into late last season where they were just hitting green lights all the way. Everything was breaking their way. Everything was going right. And then they go out and they beat the chiefs. I mean, there's nothing to suggest that he's wrong. They're hitting their stride. You know, Jamar chase comes back in, looks decent, you know, probably 90%, but I mean, 90% of Jamar chase is pretty darn good. Really good. Higgins. 
<laughs> I mean, T. Higgins stepped into the number one wide receiver role and was like, yeah. hey, look it, no problem. And so it's, you know, they've got their hands full. The, the defense, it's nice that the defense is coming off of a game that should give them some confidence because they're going to need it against Cincinnati. And they're really going to have to continue to play that role while Deshaun Watson works out the kinks as, as they move forward. Charles, I want to go back to Sunday for a second with you. Um, you mentioned apathy, I believe is the word you used to kind of describe the situation uh, down in Houston. So I wasn't there. You guys were both there. The way that it was portrayed on the broadcast and the way that the booing made it seem like it was a raucous crowd yeah. and he was oh, being fed yeah. to the Lions and there was this booing. Like That could, wasn't real. The booing was – I mean, it, yeah. but if you just watched it on television, it was a very different story that was told. So when I hear you say the apathy and I, and Nathan said that when he came back on Monday, um, why does, why, why not just let it be? And it wasn't full or even remotely full, right? That's the other part of it. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was, what was interesting. I think by halftime you got to the point where whoever was going to be there was there. And it was like, to me, eyeballing it against, this is not scientific. It looked like a 50, 60% capacity situation it was spread out. It was sort of like, oh, if you jammed everybody into the lower bowl, you'd probably fill that and five, six, seven rows up the the second bowl. But I mean, it was, you know, definitely was closer to half full than anything else. And um, to me, it was it was interesting because I heard Mike Florio say on the Sunday Night Football broadcast where he said like Deshaun Watson was booed like every single time, like yeah. he he you know, and I was like, that's just not. I mean, I mean, no offense no. to Mike, I like Mike, like we're friends, but it just. It was a situation where early in the game, when he went to the line of scrimmage, you're like, you hear the booze, you're like, okay, that's for him, for sure. Then I think as you kind of got out of the first quarter, it was like, okay, this is more average garden variety football booing. You know, it's just, it's, it wasn't the, it wasn't thunderous. It, well, I didn't even think it was that um, field level. It sounded loud, but I think it was just sort of, I don't know if it was the acoustics of the or what it was, but it it just was not that kind of environment. It was yeah. weird to see it portrayed as that because I'm like, you know, when you stood outside, that to me, my focal point at the beginning was, let me see what this looks like outside. Showed up early. I'm like, nobody, nobody even here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's nobody here. There's no protest. There's no, I mean, there were tons of people coming in with Houston Texans jerseys with the number four on them, Watson. Like it was, um, it was almost in a weird way. It felt like a, like an international exhibition game. I mean, I'm like, mm. there's a Blake Bortles jersey. There's like, <laughs> there's like, you know, a Dak Prescott jersey. It was like all these different jerseys. All the fans are congregating together. Like Texans fans, Browns fans are taking pictures together. Like, it just didn't materialize into this circus that I thought it could. And then when you went inside, it, I, I tweeted out two pictures. One I think was 25 minutes before the game. One was at kickoff. It was just totally sparse. There wasn't anybody there. And I thought another key moment that no one really saw when, when the game ended, you know, I, I went on the field and I stood there and I watched him, you know, sign some, some jerseys for some of his former Texans teammates. As you ran off, nobody was in the building except for, I mean, it looked like, you know, maybe 2,000 Browns fans who stuck it out were down around their tunnel. Um, and if you just saw that, and I think Albert Breer might have actually taken video of it, it looked like him running off the field, like in this heroic fashion where everybody yep. screamed, yeah, it's like this. It was just not at all 
I felt like people who were characterizing it were not necessarily people who were there. Yes. And if you were there and, you know, we were there, it was a completely different experience. And and I'm telling you, Cincinnati going to be way different. I think Cincinnati's the one where I could see it being um, far more hostile than it was in Houston. Yeah. yeah, I think. Well, first of all, there's real heat in the sense that Joe Burrow has never beaten the Browns for whatever reason. They say Styles make right. fights. The Browns have just had a lot of success against him. And and yeah, I think there's obviously I mean, you know the they Ohio came earlier this year, right? I mean, they right came earlier this year, I think they got smoked them. Pissed off about that. So yeah, yeah, smoked them on Monday Night so. Football. So that'll be interesting. But yeah, to your point, just to kind of tie the bow on this, it felt to me like the crowd was. 50-50 Browns-Texans or close to it. And of the Texans fans, close it felt like a decent amount of those were there in Watson jerseys. So it was really a minority that would have been there to be anti-Watson if there were any. And when he came on the field before the game, yeah. it was all cheers. But it was all the Browns fans that were in the building at that early, time. Yeah. The Browns fans right, right. The Browns fans had gotten in into the into the stadium early and yeah. were there clearly just you know, watching them warm up. And yeah, it wasn't... Um, it was funny because initially, even initially, I was surprised. And, you know, initially that first quarter, the first series, the boos, you know, you're like, okay, wow, well, there's some decent boos for the number of people who are here. And I made the joke, like I'm sitting there with, with a couple other people, and I was like, are they pumping in, like, B-roll of a previous Davis Mills start? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. You know, the, boos, the, the home crowd booing B-roll, but. Um, they did yeah, on the broadcast. For sure they did on the broadcast. I, I, I can tell you at home, I thought it seemed like it was raucous and it was, you know, being fed to the Lions, like at the Coliseum. Like, it was crazy. Yeah, it was, it's so weird because being there, Strange. it was a completely, completely different experience. And I don't really know what the answer is for that other sure. than, you know, it just – if you were there, it, it did not feel at all the way it was portrayed on TV or, or the way people talked about it. Who clearly to me, I was like, oh well, they they weren't there. If they had been there, they'd know this this wasn't nearly what it was made out to be. Charles, uh, a couple more minutes with Charles Robinson, our good buddy, senior NFL reporter at Yahoo. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the 49ers situation at quarterback with Garoppolo. Two starting quarterbacks go down in a year. I to me, they look like the Super Bowl team out of the NFC until this one happens. Yeah. Now Brock Purdy thrust in there. Is there anything else they can do? What What do you anticipate, if anything, them doing here? Are they just going to roll with Mister Irrelevant, who looked pretty good in his in his one one game? Yeah, I don't. You know, obviously, there's this, there's been talk about Baker Mayfield. I don't. I, that to me is such an odd. I feel like Kyle Shannon has said some good things about Baker in the past. I I remember being in front of Kyle in like 2019 and hearing him say some stuff about just sort of how Baker carried himself, things he liked about his attitude, whatever. Um, I, I don't know that, that that's, I, I guess I personally, honestly, I'd be surprised if they claimed him. Um, even if, you know, he made it to their, their kind of waiver claim slot. I'd be surprised if, if they took him just only because you're talking about um, a short period of time. You're talking about, as you said, Brock Purdy's been, I, I know he's, you know, a young guy, I know, but it's still he's been in the passing program. He knows the offense at this point. It's not I mean, if he was in college, he'd be going into a sophomore year at this stage, you know. Um it's like it, it just doesn't seem to make a lot of sense that they're gonna go out and grab somebody who, you know, you feel like you're gonna have to finesse it and work with it and try to get him familiar and some chemistry. It just it, you're almost, I think with Purdy, you're almost better rolling with what you got. And by the way, I will say this about Kyle. 
um, in terms of getting someone ready to go quickly, it, I think he struggles more with guys who have a tendency to believe they're athletes and want to run around and do off script stuff or make off schedule throws or maybe in like in Baker's case thinks he's a little bit better an athlete than he is at this stage. Whereas like Purdy, I think Purdy's just going to do what Kyle tells him. <laughs> you know, yes. like, I'm gonna Kyle likes that. Yeah. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to throw it where you throw it, where you tell me to throw it to him. I'm going to check down when I need to check down. I'm just going to run the offense and let the guys around me do what they got to do. I think Kyle's like, cool. <laughs> like, let's just roll with that and, and see where this goes. So um, I, it's, it's wild because they have a hell of a team. And I mean, they're picking up guys as they go and the skill positions are amazing. The defense is rolling, you know, maybe a little bit of trouble at the offensive line position other than, you know, obviously the all world left tackle, but um, yeah, it's, that's a huge hole all of a sudden in the, in the NFC. And if you're the, if you're the Cowboys and Eagles, you had to be doing a fist pump when, when you saw Garoppolo is, you know, likely lost for the season. Always great talking to you, my friend. Thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate you a great deal. Absolutely, Jensen. Enjoy Cincinnati. We will indeed. Senior senior NFL reporter for Yahoo, Charles Robinson, uh, one of the great guests. Joining the program on Twisted Tea Hotline, brought to you by Twisted Tea Hard Iced Tea, an official sponsor of your Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. There's nothing quite like tailgating touchdowns in Twisted Tea. It tastes just like real iced tea. You know why? Because it's made with real brewed tea. Cool, refreshing, 5% kick of alcohol. It's thirst down and goal. Twisted Tea Hard Iced Tea. Keep it twisted. So much more to come. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Browns fans can win big with the digital scratch-up game brought to you by Ohio Lottery on clevelandbrowns.com and Browns social channels. Fans can play once per day throughout the regular season by digitally scratching off a virtual card for chances to win great prizes like Team Shop gift cards and tickets to future games. For more information, log on to clevelandbrowns.com. Here was another really interesting thing that came of the Randy Moss interview with the Mannings. So you remember the 1997 Heisman finalists were Manning, Chuck Woodson, uh, Randy Moss, and Ryan Leaf were the four guys. And do you remember from that that Moss wore sunglasses? Oakley sunglasses to the award and he wore them that night he wore them during the ceremony and all of it and took a lot of heat for you know a lot of people oh he's a thug he can't take his glasses off da 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 they took a lot of heat for it and he explained that he felt suffocated by the entire experience like all the cameras remember he's from Huntington uh, uh, ran ran West Virginia Huntington area he goes to Notre Dame Lou Holtz calls Bobby Bowden and he, he something happened at Notre Dame Lou Holtz calls Bobby Bowden. He says, take him. Bowden makes a deal with the president of Florida State and says, you got to get this guy in here. President of Florida State at the time, Sandy Dallenberg, says, fine. You can have him. One strike, he's out. So, But he has to redshirt. So he redshirts his entire freshman year, dominates one of the best defensive teams Florida State's ever had when they were in their heyday in the late 90s. Decides to go home for spring break. Gets pinched, I think, for weed when he's back in yes. West Virginia and is thrown out of Florida State ends up at West Virginia at Marshall, Marshall. the rest is history. 
Um, wins a national championship, one double A at Marshall, is a Heisman finalist at Marshall, all of those Chad things. Chad Pennington is quarterback. That's correct. Um, but the reason that he wore the sunglasses, he picked them up on the street. They weren't Oakleys. He picked them up on the street so that he could hide behind the lenses because he was so uncomfortable by all of the lights of, of all that came with the Heisman. One of those things where you – it's something that the perception is he's a punk. Yeah, in reality. In reality, he was just terrified. Shy and terrified. Would you say that was the be- – is that the best top three ever? Throw Leaf out of it. Manning, Woodson, Moss? In terms of their – they're all first ballot hops. That's what I mean. Yes. I mean, I don't – I can't even imagine anything could be similar. In terms of their NFL career? Yeah, right. Yes. Right, yeah. Here's the here's the best – this is the most important thing Charles Woodson did. Because most people thought Manning should have won that Heisman that year. Charles Woodson validated the Heisman with his NFL career. Think about that. Yeah. And the fact that there hasn't been another defensive player is a shame. Because there should be more. I voted for him several times. There should have been more. Uh, the next level coming up next. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland.